Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. What up? Hey now. Welcome to another edition of After 9, everybody. We've got a lot to do here, and we're going to start off with the controversial statement that came down yesterday from... Dr. Peter Juni of the uh, COVID science table here in Ontario. I'm still shocked that these people have jobs, but they now say because the numbers have been ticking up and a few public health units have been saying that the COVID numbers are ticking up. So Peter Juni was asked yesterday, is this the fifth wave? Kind of like we asked. He said, no, 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 no. It's not the fifth wave. We're returning to the fourth wave. Eh? (laughs) I don't like that. Did they lose the analogy of wave? (laughs) How does that work? <laughs> I'm no medical professional, and I'm pretty sure they don't even say this in in the in the fields. But there should be no take backsies. We can't. We shouldn't be going back into it. <laughs> We're going back into the fourth wave. That's what you're saying here, Doctor Pete. He says the seven day average for infection has risen to 476 from 362 a week ago, marking the end of a lengthy plateau that began in July. Mm-hmm. He says things began to shift. In mid-October, when the province began lifting capacity limits on sports venues and later restaurants. Okay, listen. I, listen here, Pete. Dr. Pete. He, these doctors are absolutely hell-bent on no one can live a normal life. Absolutely no one is entitled to live, eat, pay their mortgage, nothing. Nobody can do fuck all until they say. And you know what doctors hate? When you don't take their advice, Peter Juni here, probably being the overly cautious asshole that he is. Uh, no, don't open the stadiums. No, uh, not the restaurants. Uh, these doctors have been so pro restriction for so long. And, and granted, sometimes we needed those to, to get things under control. This right now, not one of those times. So if he wants to blame the, the Leafs and the Raptors and Toronto FC for this small uptick in cases right now, I suppose he can. But I think generally speaking, Every reasonable person is rolling their eyes when he says stuff like that. And how do you go back into a wave? Have you never once used a boogie board or surfed, Dr. Pete? Really? Back into a fourth wave. Well, it's, whatever, yeah. These people, Kat, they just drive me fucking bananas. Well, I just wish that we would stop with that kind of thing. Like, we know that things are getting better, but we also are, are not naive to the fact that, like we said before, it, it, it's colder. People are gathering indoors. Yes, restrictions are easing up a bit. It's going to happen. There's going to be some cases. It's not going to be as high or as crazy as it once was. But throughout the winter, especially, we know people are going to pass shit on to one another. What are those things? It might be COVID now and again. And that sucks. But I think we should all expect it and just continue to live our lives and not be scared by shit like back into the fourth wave we go or anything like that. Yeah, I just thought, why don't you just calm the fuck down and why don't you wait for a little more data and let's see what's really going on here. And can we uh, trace it back to, I don't know, Scotiabank Arena or Rogers Center? Can we? Because they were playing with full stadiums in in, uh, Toronto for a lot longer than two weeks. I would think we would have seen this coming. If it was to blame uh, the restaurants or the stadiums were to blame here. I just find that shit so irresponsible. And the ego on some of these doctors, like, take my advice or I'm going to have the last laugh in the end. Uh, Nobody needs restrictions right now. We've got the Vax passports. If you believe vaccines work, then knock this shit off, Dr. Pete. And, And same with you in Ottawa, Dr. Tam, who now is she acknowledges that these tests that people have to take before they come back into Canada 
are inconvenient. And she's going to look at that. Okay, well, if we can acknowledge that now, and you're probably not going to make a decision for a couple of weeks, knowing you, Dr. Tam, can you at least reimburse people for the money they're out of pocket for all these tests that you yourself are going to say are redundant in two weeks? That's how you get out of this, by saying, yeah, we're going to drop that requirement. Well, why do we have it now if you know you're going to drop it? You're hearing the complaints. You know people are pissed off. Stop charging the money for these tests that they don't actually need and that you yourself are going to admit really doesn't make a lot of sense. Nobody thinks it makes any sense. And it's frustrating that they stand so firm on this shit. It drives me nuts. This is something that a judge south of the border has proactively done. I don't think anyone was asking for it. But this judge just decided to make a law this year. Sort of. Elf on a Shelf has been a welcome tradition for a lot of families throughout the past decade or so. But the elves' movements, according to the judge, have become an unwelcome burden Mm. for some parents. And before we go any further, if there's any kids listening right now, fuck off. (laughs) Don't do that. Get out of here. This is way, way, way too old for you. You turn it off and go watch the Wiggles or the Paw Patrols or whatever the fuck it is you do when you're not listening to this. Don't do that. And what kid is is listening to this? I really hope not. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. I'm not naive enough to think that there's no kids listening, but I have to tell you again. Don't waste your time. This is not for you. <laughs> what do you suppose the cutoff is? Like seven, eight, or can we go up to like a 13, 14? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't even know. I couldn't even begin to tell you. Like a 10? Is a 10? Is that too high? Yeah. If you're a kid and listening to this podcast right now, your parents need to do a better job watching you. <laughs> and also, good for you, kid. You figured yeah, good- it out. Yeah, you know, uh, maybe uh, suggest to your parents at dinner tonight. Maybe we should turn on the parental controls on <laughs> iTunes. You won't believe the shit I just heard. This next segment is going to be brought to you by Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Get Disney+, Plus now. <laughs> I know that different people hear different commercials during the podcast, depending on what part of the country they're listening in. Every time I listen lately, I get an ad for Doug Ford shitting on Andrea Horvath. Oh, it's kind of funny, actually, because uh, it usually comes out of a fuck you, Doug. <laughs> So anyway, this judge, now that none of the kids are listening, they've all voluntarily turned it off and realized what they've done wrong here. (laughs) He's in Cobb County, Georgia. His name is Judge Robert Leonard. He says he wants to offer parents an out for this year. So he drafted a judicial order requesting that the elf on the shelf not show up in homes this holiday season in his county. He says that inexplicably, some elves fail to move. And when that occurs, it can disappoint the children. And with everything that's been going on lately, he thinks it's best to just banish the elf on the shelf this year from his county, Cobb County. So it's not really a law law. It's a judicial order, and it's not even enforceable. In fact, he said to parents, if you would like to invite the elf on the shelf into your home this year, by all means, you go ahead and do it. But if you really don't want to do it, you can just sit your kids down, show them what this judicial order is, and tell them, nah, sorry, guys, no elf on the shelf this year, because, you know, there's it's possible this year that he wouldn't move around as much, and that's not good. So uh, the judge here says, no elf on a shelf. <laughs> He says, the court finds, and I quote, elf on the shelf, hereinafter, referred to as elves, 
represent a distraction to school students and a risk to the emotional health and well-being of Cobb's young children. Inexplicably, elves sometimes move and don't move overnight. When these elves do not move, it leaves children of tender years in states of extreme emotional distress. So basically, do it if you want, but if you don't want to, here is your out, parents. <laughs> Fuck. Um, it, let's rewind for a second, because it does dawn on me, we're going to have people who aren't parents, and an elf on a shelf happened more recently, so you maybe if you don't have kids, you don't know what the hell this is, and you as a kid, you never experienced it. I completely missed this, out on it okay. with my kids. So let me explain this creepy cocksucker to you guys as a service. This creepy, and you'll know exactly how I feel about it by this explanation. This creepy little fuck you purchase. You purchase it at you know your local Walmart or whatever, and you have to buy a Christmas tradition, they claim, which is bullshit. So you buy this Elf on a Shelf, and it comes with a book, which explains everything about Elf on a Shelf, and you're supposed to read it to your child. The book explains stuff like, the Elf is alive and always watching you. Creepy as fuck, right? That's very creepy. Yeah, it continues yeah. on. The Getting pervert of, vibes off of that, yeah. The purpose of the elf is to report back to Santa every single day. To let so it's Santa, a snitch. To let Santa know if you're being good or bad. Yeah, yeah, snitches end up in ditches, bitch. Watch out, elf. The elf, and it, this is in the book too, by the way. The elf is forbidden to speak to you as a child. It does not speak to the children. It only speaks to Santa. And every morning when you wake up for the month or however long it is, you will wake up and find the elf in your house and you can go ahead and have some fun trying to find where the elf is. And parents will set this elf up. So let's say, oh, one morning, oh, elf's in the bathroom. Oh, the toothpaste is all over the place. Oh, elf, you made a mess last night. (laughs) And then another time, uh, oh, elf's hand is in the cookie jar and stuff like that, right? So you set the elf up every single day. I just find it... So creepy. I mean, aren't we misguiding children enough with the whole Santa thing? I already feel guilty lying about Santa. The only reason I fucking like Santa in this moment is because it does sometimes get my kids to stop doing things that they're doing that I don't want them to be doing. Is, oh, be good for Santa. And I feel guilty. I feel like a piece of shit as I say it. So there's no fucking way I'm setting up an elf and lying to them every goddamn day. And can I even remember to put the elf out? Probably fucking not. I'm busy. I got shit on the go, but there are some people who will do it and they have fun with it and that's fine. Please don't hate message me. I'm cool with it. If you, if you like it and it's part of your new tradition, that's cool. I just think it's really fucking creepy. Yeah, it's very, very creepy. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And like I said, I never had to go through this fiasco, but I understand that some parents do. And the problem is once you open Pandora's box, you can't close it again. And once it's open, yeah. what, you can't just have him show up this year and ah, fuck next year. He's busy. That's he can't it. come next year. You got to keep this charade up for a long time. A long time. A long time. And like I said, for me, Santa's enough. Like that's, I even question, do I do this? But I'm not going to ruin it for anyone else. You know, if my kid ends up going to school and saying some shit. Nope. So Santa, I I totally agree with, and you're going to see it a lot on social media and everything else. Santa gives a very humble gift. Santa's giving my kids, uh, you know, whatever, maybe a nice outfit, a small toy. That's it. Don't care. Santa will Hmm. do stockings and that, and that's fine. I'm not going to have Santa do anything big, but that's, and that's all I'm doing. Like that alone, like the whole Santa thing. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes, let alone this elf. There's no fucking way this thing's in my house for a goddamn month before Christmas. Nope. Nope. Okay. Let me give you a hypothetical. Let's say, for example, your daughters come home from school one day and they ask a question like, 
you know, little uh, little Susie has got a, an elf that comes to her house every night. And, and apparently it can go to anybody's house, but it didn't come to our house. Now what do we do? Yeah, Maybe she's checking the locks on the door or trying to unlock it at night. Like, who knows what kids will do when they realize there's supposed to be an elf here and it's not here. I'll be like, listen here, kid. That elf is a little snitch bitch and it ain't coming in our house. Oh, right. hell no. Oh, I saw the elf. It was here, but we ran it over because it's a little bastard. <laughs> I hung that thing from the fucking rafter, kid. Now go to bed. <laughs> yeah, I, it tried to come in, but it was real mouthy, and I thought, fuck you. And so I killed it. <laughs> How? Okay, and one more question about the elf, because, again, I didn't go through this shit. But how do you do that every day? Like, don't you ever wake up hung to the fucking gills and think to yourself, the last thing I want to do is move that yeah. that elf again. Yeah. And it just leaves. I've got girlfriends. I've got girlfriends that do it. And I don't know if they still do it, but they did it for years. And they would send me um, snaps of of the elf every single night before bed. Oh, look where the elf is up to now. And I and I remember at the time I didn't have kids at the time. And I went, wow, that seems like a lot of work. And in the beginning, they're like, oh, it's not so bad. But trust me, by like December 20th, they're like, this is fucking terrible. I don't even know what to do anymore with this elf. What do I do? Mm-hmm. They were just lazy, just putting it on a, a different bed. Like, oh, it's on the guest bed. And, and the kid would be like, oh, that's weird. It was like it was all done up and having a bowl of cereal and in the right position like a week ago. And it seems like the elf's getting lazy. Yeah, the elf's getting lazy because it's fucking busy. That's why. <laughs> What if mom and dad end up getting a little crazy one night and somebody forgets to move the elf? Then you have to come up with another lie for your kids. <laughs> yeah, the elf. Uh, I blew the elf last night, honey, and uh, it's tired. <laughs> it's taking a nap. It was dark. Your dad was there. The elf was there. I didn't know what was what. It, forget the whole thing. Sorry. <laughs> the elf called from the police station. Uh, the elf was smoking crack last night on the corner. And well, what are you going to do? Oh, the elf got arrested. Sorry, honey. Yeah, turns out ours is addicted to meth. So no, no elf on a shelf this year. He's very, very serious addiction problems. Yeah, I'm telling. Again, this is just what, this is why I cap out at Santa. I'm Santa. That's it. No, nope, I'm done. That's enough for me. I'm I'm very happy to cat live in a time where a billionaire can threaten a millionaire publicly, and everybody <laughs>, laughs it off and thinks it's a big joke. <laughs> I'm glad it's it finally is. come to the millionaires versus the billionaires. It is. And you know Leonardo DiCaprio would think this is fucking hilarious too, but sure he, would he would never say it. He's not he's not the type. So for those who don't know, the backstory is that Jeff Bezos and Leo DiCaprio, they met up recently. It was at the you know, the summit, blah blah. So Jeff Bezos is with his girlfriend. So he's got his girlfriend on his arm, who's obviously dating a billionaire, but she looks up. And they were the best part is they were going up the stairs, the, the moment of this video that is now viral. And she's looking into his eyes, just like absolutely starstruck by Leonardo DiCaprio. Just like, I'll do anything you say, you know, master. Like that kind of look. And so that goes viral. And that's all well and good. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought that's funny. That's cute. Because it's, you know, it's Leo DiCaprio and you're and you're looking at a girl who's on the arm of a man who's worth billions of dollars. And she's still like, no, fuck you. I like Leo. Funny. Ha ha. So Jeff Bezos gets jokes. You know, he he he's up with good for him, by the way, for even paying a paying attention to it and b responding to it. But what he does is he posts a photo of him near a cliff. And there's a sign that says, you know, don't come any closer. Danger. Fatal drop. And in the caption, it's something like, hey. Leo, come over here. I'll tell you something. And I thought that was just so 
Good. So good. And we'll probably never get a response from Leo because the very, very limited access he gives uh, people to himself, right, for interviews. We're not going to we're not going to hear from him. And on his social, for those who follow him, you know, he just posts stuff about the environment. That's it. He lives and breathes it. It's mostly it's nothing about him, usually, unless he's taking part in something to do with the environment. He's not posting it. So he probably won't respond to this, even though he was tagged in this. But I hope he does. That would be nice and refreshing to see that happen, honestly. It was so good. I loved it. Okay, but Leonardo DiCaprio has to have some sort of a weird spell that he casts on women because all of them turn to jello when the guy's around. Yeah. I mean, did you I mean, he, the guy's got the he's powerful. He is attractive. He is obviously like an, an A-lister. As, as tip of the top as you can get. Again, I think it is also something to the fact that he is so unattainable in every way. It's not just, hey, he's unattainable as a man. Oh, he, he never has like a steady girlfriend. He never had a wife. It's not even that. It's He's unattainable. His presence is unattainable. And unless he's doing an interview for a movie, it's got to be like a big interview where he's not even going to do it. He's not that accessible. And I think there's something else to that, to that too because he does become a little more of a mystery, which can be a turn on for some people too. That's what it is. He's got that James Bond-esque type yes. appeal. People want to know more. They're curious. They see photos every now and again. Paparazzi will catch him on his yacht. And then the whole dad bod thing came out like, oh, look what he really looks like. And what happened? Did people hate him? No, they wanted him more. He made like dad bods a fucking hot thing. So he's got this power about him. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a thing he has. I never did thank him for that. Thank you for normalizing the dad bod. That, that's wonderful. <laughs> It made my life a hell of a lot easier, I'll tell you that. You're a big Leonardo DiCaprio fan. I am. So let's say, for example, that's you. We replace that girl, who I'm sure is with Jeff Bezos just for love. No oh, other obviously. reason. obviously. Very, very young, very attractive woman, wildly attracted to a man more than double her age who happens to have billions of dollars in the bank. But then in comes Leonardo DiCaprio. If you're with a billionaire, are you leaving money on the table if you walk away from the billionaire to try and hook up with a millionaire? You, you know what? That would be a good question if Leonardo DiCaprio dated anyone younger or older than 25, Scott. That would be a great question, but he doesn't. How come he never gets called out for that shit? How come if um, I were to date a 22-year-old supermodel, people would be like, yeah, nice fucking try, Fox. You're in your 40s. You can't yeah, date a 22-year-old. It, it would be sad, right? Like, oh, that's sad. That's gross. Oh, that yeah. poor girl has no respect for herself. Ah. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. No, I don't and disagree. She clearly has horrible, ta- horrible taste in men. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. But anyway, I don't disagree with you on that whole, that whole idea. Now, women get their fair share for different reasons, for different things. But when it comes to an older guy dating a younger woman, it's usually like, oh, okay, well, you know, obviously you're... Like, they're not mature enough to understand. I don't know. Like, there's a whole thing. I don't know why it's such a big deal. Who cares? Good on him, though. I mean, the guy can basically have his pick of the litter. If he walks into the Victoria's Secret fashion show, there's not one of those models that isn't going home with him if he wants to. This guy is A-list when it comes to the ladies. Yeah. His current girlfriend is, um, like, 22 years younger than him, by the way. Oh, fuck off. It's his current you know? girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Yes, honest to goodness. Yes, there's a 22-year age difference. But see, I mean, you're doing it too. You're saying, come on, fuck off. So what, does it really matter? Maybe she's just with him for, uh, because she, she finds him charming. No? That couldn't oh, be a thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs>
<laughs> He's literally never dated a woman over 25, though. That is an actual thing. That's an actual truth. It's crazy. So, uh, let's see here. We'll talk quickly about a topic that came up last week. Yesterday, the premier, Doug Ford, decided to go up to Bradford and do a news conference on the other highway. On Friday, with Dave here, we talked about the 413. Mm -hmm. And that would go from the 401 in Milton, right where the 407 is, up to the 400. That would shave a lot of time off if you're coming from the west end of the GTA and you need to get to the 400. That would be great. But the other highway Ford says he's committed to building is called the Bradford Bypass. I'll be honest with you, I didn't fully understand what the Bradford Bypass was. And then when I figured it out, I thought to myself, why the fuck didn't we do that 20 years ago? And then I read into it more, and it turns out we've been arguing over this for 20 years. So you've said that you'd consider getting a place up in northern Ontario, a cottage in Muskoka. Yeah, if, one day. If the right property came along at the yeah. right price, you'd consider it. But what holds you back is all the time people spend in traffic trying to get to and from their cottage. You're absolutely correct, yes. Why don't we have a highway that connects the 404 to the 400? Because that would make things a hell of a lot easier. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. It would go from, hang on, I've got the uh, map here in front of me. So this one would go from the 400, basically at, let me see here. There's going to be an interchange at Bathurst, an interchange at Leslie, and an interchange at the 400. So just south of Bradford, it would connect to the 400 around line nine. And it would connect to the 404. Right around Queensville Side Road, right there, and Holborn Road. That's where it would be. God, it just makes too much sense. We've got two highways that both go north-south. One of them ends, and the other one keeps going basically to, to Manitoba. Why wouldn't we just connect them so there's an easy way to get from one highway to the mm -hmm. other? Mm -hmm. See, in my mind will automatic, and maybe it's I'm naive here, but my mind would automatically go to maybe they did look into that, but there's a but. Uh, it's land they could not touch certain too much land there, and it was too messy and it was too expensive. So this was an alternative. I mean, I don't know. I, have they said? Has anyone asked? Here's the problem with any press conference that's going to come out of it. Are people going to ask those kinds of questions? Uh, you know what? I mean, apparently, I'm out of the loop on this one. I didn't know. But apparently people in the area have been asking for it for a very, very long time. Yeah. And other governments have had an opportunity to move on it, but didn't. Namely, blaming the environmental concerns that some have raised about uh, cutting through, I guess that'd be the Holland Marsh, really? I don't know. I mean, I have to think that it's a fairly minimal intrusion to do four lanes, but I think that would serve a pretty good purpose if they got that done. Uh, again, I'm surprised there isn't already an easy way to get from the 400 to the 404 or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But Doug says we're doing it. He's a highway guy. He wants to build the highways and hope to God there's not a fifth wave. <laughs> Maybe it was him that told Dr. Junie there. Yeah, yeah, don't say fifth wave. You can say we're back in the fourth wave if you want, but do don't say, say fifth wave. Yeah, do say it. It's too close to the election. Uh, is Drake going to get sued? Do you think over the Travis Scott shit? He is named in the lawsuit already. Um, actually this one of the lawsuits, I say one of only because I feel like it, there may end up being more, but this lawsuit does name him and, and does claim that he, along with Travis, both kind of entice this with their stage presence. I'm not sure how you can really prove that. I mean, at, what did you expect them to do? 
Like sit on the stage and not say anything to anybody and not hype the crowd. Like that's the reason why you're there is to get hyped. But yes, the the there's two actually uh, two people uh, that are suing Travis Scott and Drake. Live Nation is also named in it, and they were hurt. Um, but since then, in the last 24 hours, it should be noted that Drake A has uh, uh, put out a statement. And that's fine. I mean, what else do you expect the guy to say? He felt terrible. You could tell. He deleted photos because he had posted photos. I say he, maybe it's his PR company. I don't know. But photos were up on his Instagram from that night. And it was a poor taste because while we were learning people died, his post was still up from the concert. And it was just kind of like, yeah, man, good times. Terrible. So he deleted that. He put out this statement. That's the only thing on his social media as of late. Travis Scott is going to pay for all the funerals. He also announced... That's a good first step, though. I think he has an obligation to do that. Well, and I think anyone who was paying attention knew that there was a lot of people there that started to put up uh, GoFundMe accounts for the funerals because some of those families were just had no idea how they were going to pay for them. Keep in mind, these are all people that you wouldn't expect to die. These were all people under, like in their 20s and in their teens. So nobody was expecting this anytime soon. My God. So he is going to pay for all of the funeral costs. Live Nation is stepping up when it comes to costs for anyone seeking to speak to somebody, uh, mental health concerns, uh, hospital bills, and stuff like that. They say that they're going to be covering that. Travis also pulled out of a concert he was supposed to be at on Saturday. I assume they wouldn't have wanted him there anyway. That's a pretty big distraction. So he's not performing anytime soon live. Uh, And then we also heard... That one of the sheriffs that has been on this case actually approached Travis about his sa- about his concern for people's safety at the show before this happened, but nothing came of it. It was more like a "Hey, we're a little concerned. Can you just chill out a little bit?" And it wasn't really Travis. It was he said he claimed something about social media, people saying things on social to hype people up. So I don't know if we're going to find out more there or if people were following that. I don't know how many people at a concert are sitting there watching tweets, looking at what people are tweeting about the concert that they're at. Like fucking just watch the concert. But People anyway. have lost the ability to sit and pay Honest attention to, to something. Honest to God. So that's all happened in just in the last 24 hours, and the investigation does continue. It's it, To me, it just, again, it boggles my mind. It's actually a 9-year-old, not a 10-year-old, so that was misinformation that was put out there yesterday. But in a medically induced coma right now, he was on his dad's shoulders. So his dad took him to see Travis Scott Astroworld at the festival, was up on his shoulders watching the show, Someone came along and a whole bunch of people or a whole bunch of people knocked them over. The kid was trampled, absolutely trampled by the crowd. Nobody even knew he was there probably um, for a while. And like all these stories that are coming out, they're just horrible. Like these kinds of festivals you want. Can we just start just doing seating only? Maybe we need to make it illegal in some of these places, especially that are worse than others to allow people to rush the stage. And it's like a free for all. It's insane. Again, why was a nine-year-old at a Travis yeah, Scott that's a, concert? That's a whole other thing, Scott. It's, hopefully people see that and then they decide, okay, never mind. My kid's not going to do something like that. I mean, I personally never would. I hate being the type to judge others. But, but in this particular case, I'll tell you, there's no way my nine-year-old, I don't even know if I'd let my nine-year-old listen to Travis Scott. I can't tell you. My kid's not nine yet. But there's a lot of shit that happens in those songs. I don't know if I would let them listen to it freely. And if I did, okay, fine. You know what? You can listen to Travis Scott now. You're not going to go to his show. Like, I, I just, but maybe that's me knowing festivals. You and me know how this shit works. We've been through these for years. So we've seen it. We've seen the drugs. We know how people act. 
sometimes it's fine, right? Sometimes people are just high as kites and they're in their own world and that's okay. But the amount of syringes I've seen laid out on the floor, the amount of people I've seen seize up for, from doing drugs, and if it's not drugs, maybe it's something else. Drinking, puking, pissing their pants. You name it, I've fucking seen it at festivals. And there's no way in hell I would take a nine-year-old to a festival like that. Yeah, it's, uh, fuck, I, you know, I don't think you can blame all festivals because I'll be honest with you, no. they're not all the same. Like I said, there's some that have been different and totally peaceful and fine. And everybody, nobody's rushing into people. In fact, people are super nice. Everything's fine. Maybe they're high as kites. Maybe that's why they're so nice. I don't know. But I've been to so many of them that I could tell you it's a crapshoot. You really don't know what you're going to get. Except for those that I think you can manage to figure out what you're going to get. Is it just Travis Scott that makes you hesitate? And and I'll ask you why I'm asking, because I do think nine years old is pretty young to have at a concert yeah. like that. Yeah. But I'm also thinking to myself, I don't know that you would necessarily say a nine-year-old can't go to any festivals. I mean, when you look at, say, Boots and Hearts, big country music festival, happy, happy, drinky, drinky. Generally, there's not a lot of issues. It's something like Boots and Hearts. Mm-hmm. But it's really not that different from, say, an Astro World. It's just the talent yeah, is different. I wouldn't in any in any in any type of venue like that. No festival. I don't give a shit who's playing. If it's a festival where there's no seating involved, I'm not taking my kid. Period. Ed Sheeran concert, Taylor Swift concert, Camila Cabello concert, fucking Justin Bieber. Great seated event. I'm there. Otherwise, no. I, I really wouldn't. I'd be too worried about all those things that could ha- happen. And even though the percentage might be lower. And maybe it'd be lower here in Canada, let's say, compared to, I don't know, the percentage of, of, of like, the, the chances of that happening are low. Yes. It's still, for me, no. I, I wouldn't do it. Yesterday was a sad anniversary, and it was kind of overshadowed by all the other shit going on in our lives. But yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the death of the great Alex Trebek. One year later. And his wife marked the first anniversary of their death by sharing a video he made in support of one of their favorite charities. And I like Alex Trebek, and I think it's a big loss that he's gone. So let's give this a little bit of promotion. This was posted yesterday. Hello, I'm Alex Trebek. My wife Jean and I were recently made aware of the National Compassion Challenge. And I'd like to take a moment right now to share with you just a little bit about their initiative. Now, we all know that bullying is a problem in our society, quite often in our schools, and so is a lack of understanding of others' situation. And that's why this November, teachers will be encouraged to build a classroom community by helping elementary students foster empathy and compassion for their classmates. Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? To find out how you can participate, please go to CompassionProject.com. Thank you. So he made the video when he was alive, and I don't know if at the time he knew that he would not make it to November 2021, mm-hmm. which makes it even more sad, Cat. Mm-hmm. And what would he think of Aaron Rodgers? God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, State Farm announced they're not dropping Aaron Rodgers. That's at least one endorsement that's going to stick with the guy. Okay. Well, I mean, Could- I don't. Is it that big a deal? That he's an anti. Oh, oh, let me tell you what the problem is with Aaron Rodgers, and 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 the problem with a lot of people that are coming out right now. The 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 pro athletes of the world. Here's the thing: it has become extremely difficult 
for public health officials and for our leaders, everyone from Doug to Christine to Justin Trudeau himself. It's been very hard for them to say, take the vaccine and you're protected. They can say you're better protected. They can say you're less likely to end up in the hospital. They can say all of the experts agree that it's safe. And all of that is true. But when you get to someone like Aaron Rodgers, who's like it or not, criticized the research he did or not, he has done the work that he thinks he needs to do, and he has made a decision for himself. And to be perfectly honest with you, you can't even argue with the guy. His argument is there haven't been any long-term studies. That's the key here. No long-term studies on fertility. Now, generally speaking, people agree that this really shouldn't impact your fertility at all. But nobody wants to talk about that because it's become so socially unacceptable to say anything negative or to even ask a question about the vaccines and so on and so forth. In fact, we now have a pill, two of them, one from Merck and one from Pfizer that will do what we've been told the vaccine is supposed to do. Minimize your chances of a severe outcome if you happen to catch COVID. Minimize it. And Aaron Rodgers isn't really saying much that's 100% refuted. And because you can't really refute what he says, you either cancel him or you just pretend he doesn't exist. Because in case you haven't noticed, nobody wants to have that conversation. When someone like Aaron Rodgers stands up and says, well, what does the long-term research say? No one can say, oh, here's what it says. We studied it for three years. We studied yeah. it for two years because we haven't. We haven't. And, and you can't argue with Aaron Rodgers. So I think they're really hoping, especially for people that have a platform like him. I think they're hoping that you can either get a massive organized effort to cancel him or that he'll just go away. And it doesn't look like they're going to be able to cancel him. So they're really just hoping to let this die down mm -hmm. because the last thing they want is for regular run of the mill Green Bay Packers fans, not doctors, not scientists, just regular people that have some questions asking questions based on what Aaron said. The doctors and the experts are hoping you just ignore it. Well, I don't think Aaron necessarily did anything wrong here. He's not criticizing anybody who got vaccinated. He's saying it's your body. It's your choice. You do what you want. I made a choice for my body, and here's the reason that I did it, and no one can argue with me. Mm -hmm. There is no long-term study here. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess in that case, since you can't argue with them, ignore them, and that's what's going to happen, and it's going to start happening with more and more athletes. Once they realize we can't shut them down, we can't silence their voice, then you just pretend they don't exist and hope that there's not a lot of collateral damage. And in saying that, again, I feel like I'm fucking obligated to do it, but Yes, I am fully vaccinated, and I have been since spring. I'm not anti-vax in any way. I just appreciate that everybody has a choice for what they do with their body. Yeah. By the way, Friday is the deadline uh, if you're getting Moderna. If you want the Moderna vaccine and you intend to fly over the holidays, your last chance to get it is this Friday. If you yeah. get it Friday, four weeks from Friday, you'll be able to get your second shot. Two weeks from then, you're considered fully vaccinated, and two weeks after your second shot would be Christmas Eve. There you go. Um, and just to go back on on Aaron Rodgers and the difference between, because there's a difference between what Aaron Rodgers has done is slash is saying, and a hardcore anti-vaxer, you know, prick 
That's not him. That's not him. No. So there's a difference for me. Because if if somebody comes out and says, all you fucking sheep are getting it and screw you, and, and he happens to be an athlete and he's, and he's um, got all these endorsements by, you know, State Farm as a great example, like Aaron Rodgers. If someone came out and said all this shit, like, you bunch of sheep, you motherfuckers, yeah. They're going to be like, okay, bye-bye, no thanks. There's a, such a difference in... I'm just holding out to, to get some more information and, and it's peaceful and it's calm. There is such a difference for me, even looking at those people, deciding who I like still and who I don't. And in my mind, want to cancel and don't. Hey, you, you're just thinking about you in the future. Obviously, you and Shailene perhaps want to have kids one day. And that's a concern for you for whatever reason, even though nothing has proven that it should be an issue at all. But that's how you want to go about it. You're, you're respectful. And you're, you're making that choice for yourself and you're being respectful of other people's choices. And I don't care. Then I'm fine with that. I don't give a shit. You know, but it, there is such a difference between that and you sheeple. Like, go fuck yourself. You know, I'm not going to. That gonna, stuff drives me Yeah, crazy. I'm not going to support your business, for example. You own a whatever, a cookie shop, for example. And you're going on and on and on about that kind of shit. Okay, you know what? Fuck off. Because you, now you're trying to tell me what I did was not okay or what I'm doing is not okay and I should open my eyes. Stop. There's a respectful way to do it. Make your choice. Don't bug other people about their decision. And we can all live peacefully. And to me, I think we can live peacefully with Aaron Rodgers and his choice. It's, his, it's absolutely his body and his choice. 40% say one flight of stairs will make them feel out of shape. <laughs> one flight yes. okay but not all flights of stairs are created equal have you been to the mall for example that's more than a standard flight of stairs in an apartment <laughs> building or an office i love how you're arguing the specificity of the stairs and how much is a flight <laughs> but this is it's even worse 40 percent say the thought of going up a flight of stairs makes them realize how out of shape they are the same amount say the same thing about even going down the stairs. Wow. Cat, we are generally out of shape. And I find that as you get a little bit older, simple things get more and more challenging. For example, I got out of bed the other day and I rolled my left leg out of bed before my right leg. It was just a weird maneuver. I don't know why I decided to do it that way. I almost threw my back out. It took me like a minute to stand up straight and shit like that happens to people all the time. Hell, even if you're in shape, you could throw at your back just coughing, really. But nonetheless, yeah. yeah, if I see a big flight of stairs, I think to myself, is there an elevator? Is there an escalator? I'm one of the three and five that admit they are reluctant to exercise. And half of people say it's just because it just feels like a lot. To consciously <laughs> exercise. It, it's a lot. Oh, oh boy. Weights yeah. and cardio. Oh, that's a, that, that's just too much right now. I no. don't want to. It's interesting. I know someone who puts in elevators, elevators. Okay. Elevators in, in, in stores and things like that. That's what they do. Right. People in elevators, they'll tell you there's more people trying to find out costs to put elevators in residence in, in their own home because they don't like stairs that much. Yeah. Not because they're not able to climb stairs, because they don't want to. The sorest part of our body on any given day is our feet or our legs. It's weird because I, I feel like around this time of year, people start trying to use up most of their work benefits. So a lot of people will be going for massages. And instinctively, the masseuse will go to your back and shoulders. 
Weird considering majority of us say our feet and legs are what hurt the most. Mm. Sore back, sore shoulders, sore neck are the rest of the top five. One in ten people say their butt is the sorest part of their body. <laughs> How'd that happen? What'd you do? <laughs> in a good what way or a bad? Is it a good way or a bad way? <laughs> <laughs> like, does it hurt when you sit or does it just generally throb everywhere? Yeah. Is it, it just the, the inside part or is it the whole glute thing? Yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you have to do a lot of squat-like activity, picking things up constantly... Like at one time cleaning a play the playroom floor of my house and I feel it a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I might feel that a little bit. You never know. If you bend over enough in that way, it might hurt. But it hurts good. Like I don't mind a good <laughs> I don't mind a good butt burn. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. I love that feeling. It's great. Okay, but when your your butt hurts, can it also be just because of the shoes you wear? I'm led to believe that women who wear high heels regularly will experience that leg, feet, and butt pain. Oh, yeah, no, that hasn't happened to me yet. I mean, talk to me in five years. Maybe I'll tell you that's true. But no, no, not at all. Hmm, okay. And on that, we will say thanks for listening to After 9 today, everybody. We'll have a brand new episode coming your way tomorrow. In the meantime, hit subscribe, tell a friend, and we'll catch you again soon. Some business news. Walmart just announced that it is now using fully driverless trucks to deliver groceries to customers. Oh, It's pretty cool, actually. The driverless trucks will pick up items from Walmart and then deliver them right through your living room wall. (laughs) The Sesame Street character Big Bird announced over the weekend on social media that he received his coronavirus vaccine shot. We'll take him, said the Packers. (laughs) The U.S. lifted the travel ban on vaccinated tourists for more than 30 countries. Of course, uh, all the airports are going to be slammed. Flight attendants are like, we're going to need more duct tape. Several inmates at an Oklahoma jail recently filed a federal lawsuit that claims they had been tortured by being forced to listen to the song Baby Shark on repeat for hours. So if you're wondering whether we need prison reform, I'd say we definitely do The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.